0: Overcommit to excellence because the expectations are that it's going to be bad when it comes from a brand.
1: So what that means is that all the impressions are being delivered but it's not amounting to genuine impact and I think that's where entertainment comes in. It feels like brands can bring something to
2: entertainment and enhance it.
3: It was a very emotional moment and it was the episode we submitted for the Emmy.
4: You know what we're hearing from commissioners and what we're hearing from everyone is that you know, if there was no brand attached, they'd still want to run it.
5: Hello and welcome to BBH Labs, a podcast about marketing. My name is Richard Cable, amongst other things, editor at large for BBH Labs, the research and development skunk works at creative agency BBH. Each episode, I'll be asking a different burning question about marketing and inviting interesting people with strong opinions to answer it. This episode, we're asking if entertainment really is the future. With Interruptive Marketing in Decline, Entertainment, aka Branded Entertainment, aka Branded Content, has been much lauded as an alternative, but the relationship between brands and entertainment hasn't always been an easy or successful one. I started by talking to Pelle Chanel, who, as BBH's global ECD, has spent the last eight years building agency relationships between our LA office and the global centre of gravity for entertainment, Hollywood. Full disclosure, everyone we spoke to for this episode works for BBH. I asked him why brands should consider moving into entertainment.
0: One of the big drivers for brand fame has has been and still is advertising. Um, but the audience is not very interested in seeing advertising and has a lot of means to, to get rid of advertising nowadays, uh, which means that uh, one of your main levers for for growth and fame uh, is being more and more muted. If you want to go to the heart, um, I think you you will need to uh, communicate with the masses in in ways that they, uh, when they're open, to take in open their heart for you. If you entertain for entertainment's sake, that's one thing, that's amazing. But if you also do it for for the purpose of communication, there's a lot of learnings you have to bring to the table that we already have in our industry uh, that is uh, especially strategy. I think strategy and strategic insight and consumer insight is our absolutely sharpest weapon out here. It's not creativity. Um, they beat us every day in terms of being more, uh, telling more interesting stories to the world. So is entertainment something people want from brands? You know, I think there is a stat. I want to be really, really good with my stats if I'm on labs. Uh, but uh, I think ten years ago there were 56 TV shows on on television in the US, and now there are over 600. Uh, that doesn't come without demand, that people want it. It uh, it was proven that people actually will pay to see great advertising. And that is, I think, is the biggest profound, for me, the biggest thing and proof I would put on the table any, any day, which is, you know, the Lego movie made a lot of money back to the brand. That's an ad. An ad that makes yeah. you money. We haven't had that in our industry. We haven't been able to... Give direct income with the work we do. We have it's been an, an, an effect of what we do. Obviously, that's why the industry is still surviving, because we really need we really needed. But when we can be on the other side, when we can be, I would love to come to you so we can monetize our stories uh, that we have, that's a very interesting position to be in. It's almost like, and maybe I'm you know too hopeful and too naive, but brands will pitch to us as opposed to us pitching to brands because we will, be able, we will be on the money-making side as opposed to the cost side. I think that that's where advertising and we have, and brands have to figure out if we are going into that game, what, what value do we, do we bring to the table? What are the stories that are worth telling, not the stories that we, that we would want to tell?
5: Okay, so what are the challenges for brands making entertainment?
0: Overcommit to excellence because the expectations are that it's going to be bad when it comes from a brand right so you have you don't only have to meet the expectations of making great entertainment you have to over correct towards it coming from a brand so i think that's that's when you see and, and i do believe that that's where great agencies who have overcommitted to creative excellence and, and, and strategic insight uh, for, for decades, they are the ones who can, who can make that over-commitment. Over so creating winning entertainment propositions
5: is, is pretty tough, I mean, it requires patience. If you take Top Gear as a good example, the most popular factual entertainment show in the world, but the first two or three seasons, when it really launched in 2002, weren't great. Do brands have that patience?
0: It's a great point and I think I think you have to look at if you go into making money on your on your brand stories that is essentially another product launch right and when you do a new product launch you, don't, you know you're going to have to iterate and you have to adjust and you have to see over time when you go into it. But you know that that category is interesting. I'm going into this space. I need to do it consistent for my brand and I need to do it right. But you don't expect it to work from day one. So if you launch a new product, which is storytelling, you have to look at it as a new product. But not all brands want to make money this way. So what we've seen a lot is, you know, when we talk about, oh, you, and you can own part of the IP and you can make money from the, from the entertainment, they go, yeah, th- that's fine. But I don't even know what to do with that. I'm in the marketing department and I don't have income. Like, I don't know where, what, what account to put it in. And the other thing that I think is incredibly important to remember is wherever you go in storytelling, that's long form, that's different from, from advertising you are going to need conflict. Conflict needs to be at the core of every story there is. Every great story, every great hero, every, you know, every, every book is, has conflict as part of the story. If you have 30 seconds and a sales message, I would absolutely recommend avoiding conflict. A lot of brands are not ready to talk about conflict and to, to invest big money into negative uh, things such as you know uh, that's just uh, that's just uh, a nature of what it is but but you're gonna need conflict no matter what yeah. you're gonna need patience and you're gonna need conflict and these are new things you know and, and also understand don't let's not expect that from from clients out there that they will they will be that will be easy so we it's, it's part of a part of what we have to do is educate too and, and we have to have patience
5: I think the perception is that entertainment isn't cheap to make so, do you think a lot of brands are put off by the size of the investment?
0: I think this is important. You don't have to make a big investment upfront to get into this space. There are a lot of ways of exploring early ways. We have lots of ways of, of doing uh, writers' rooms and exploration of stories and things that are not that they're not big investments. They're quite small. What's important for brands to know is that you might not even have to invest at all. It's going to be the network or the or the. Studio or others who will who will make the investment for you. Being in early doesn't mean that you will have to make a big uh, big commitment. I think there are lots of ways of exploring without big uh, kind of uh, fallback. And I think that's that's I don't think that's known because this this territory hasn't been explored from agencies or brands that much at all. So no one. I think you, you should, uh, should explore. You should be curious. Pella Chanel there on the benefits of being an early adopter.
5: Next up, I called A. G. Agat Guerrier, head of strategy at BBHLA, to ask her what objectives brand should be looking to meet through entertainment. Wasn't a great line, so apologies in advance for the sound quality. AG, is entertainment the right answer for everything? There
1: is a, a certain spectrum. Of objectives that I think entertainment can hit, uh, but not all of them. Like, would say what entertainment is really great at is, um, creating genuine saliency, um, you know, real fame, real standout, real impact. Um, and I think that is, uh, really valuable today because, you know, we, we live now in this world of, um, high performance digital media. Um, and so we've been sold the idea that, uh, you know, impressions are really cheap. And they're really easy to buy and they're incredibly measurable, so we know exactly how many have been delivered, how many have converted, et cetera, et cetera. And so on paper, that looks great. But I think if you've been, you know, doing this job for a while and you've been investing in this high performance digital media for a while, um, you have a niggling feeling that it's not really working um, and no. that it's, you know, eroding the long term quality of and value of brands. Um, and I think that's because Impressions do not amount to genuine attention. And um, so again, to um, I've got a quote from uh, the Harvard Business Review somewhere. They looked at um, brand recognition, average brand recognition uh, from advertising between 1994. And 2014. Um, and what they found was that the average um, brand recognition for, for, you know, the same investment in media had decreased from 97% to 13%. And um, so what, so what that means is that all the impressions are being delivered, but it's not amounting to genuine impact. And that, I think that's where entertainment comes in, in a way that, um, you know, online video cannot compete with which is genuine fame genuine impact genuine, genuine failure
5: okay so who are brands reaching through entertainment
1: the whole new generation of um, people who just do not ever see advertising unless it's you know out of home basically because they're cord cutters they're just using subscription services like Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime and HBO showtime um, so they're ready to pay to avoid advertising altogether even though actually they're paying less than they would for cable TV. You have this new, you know, very desirable segment of the population because they tend to be the more kind of connected, urban, affluent, progressive, etc., who just never encounter any form of, you know, video advertising, which would be the kind of, you know, the legacy of TV advertising.
5: So would you describe the dilemma facing brands as entertain or die?
1: There's, I think there's a professor from um, NYU, he's called Scott Galloway, he said with the rise of subscription services, advertising is quickly becoming a tax on the poor. So I think that's very true, which is, you know, the, the most desirable consumers are increasingly hard to reach with advertising. What I would have loved to be able to say now is as a response to all this, brands have made their advertising more interesting and now consumers are, you know, actively seeking all these fantastic ads, but that's not the case. And so today, ads are still mostly considered a nuisance by consumers, and therefore, uh, because they're in some way equipped to block them out, they don't see them anymore. So in that way, I think entertain or die is true, uh, in the sense that the era of interrupted marketing is coming to an end, and, and marketing therefore needs to find new ways to engage. I don't believe entertainment is the only option out of interruption. I think there's a lot of value in service and utility and being genuinely useful. Um, So I think it's more entertain or make yourself useful than it is entertain or die. And what we're seeing with uh, tech brands, if you're doing your job right, if you're providing the right service, you should almost be invisible to the consumer. And and that's again a a challenge for for brand building, which is it gets to the point where you're you're so useful, you're providing so much utility that people don't see you anymore. You just disappear as a brand. Mm -hmm. Um, And some you know brand thinkers, I think about. Um, Russell Davis, in particular, um, he would say that's the solution. You know, the, the construct of the brand as an emotional vehicle that people are, you know, care about and are invested in, etc., was just a blip. It was just a weird, you know, 20th century thing where people were kind of feeling cuddly towards commercial entities, but it's gone now. And now it's just going to be, you know, we evaluate how much service you're providing and and, and that's the basis of the transaction. Um, I would say BBH does not think in that way. I think we think there's still a huge value um, in building brand love, telling brand stories, creating fame. Um, and we believe that entertainment rather than advertising is, is the way to do it now.
5: So where do creative agencies fit into this?
1: The value we can bring is kind of, uh, you know, rooted in what we've been doing all along, which is a very specific type of creativity, which our agencies have developed, which is basically creativity that sells. You know, we're, we've been trained to think about how we can start from a truth about a brand or a product and turn it into content that people want. People want to watch. You know, we ad, ad agencies have always wanted to create entertaining advertising at the very least. Now, it's not the same thing creating an entertaining thirty seconds as it is a, an entertaining, you know, thirty minutes or ninety minutes, or you know, six hundred minutes in the case of a of a show, for example. But um, so I think what we know is we know how to balance um, creative vision, authenticity of creative output with commercial requirements that are going to make the investment worth its well for the brand
5: so that was ag on entertainment that sells one of her colleagues working with her in entertainment at BBHLA is head of entertainment william swan who's been at the sharp edge of building relationships between studios and brands for his entire career i asked him what potential partners from the world of entertainment are looking for from brands
3: movie makers and TV networks constantly look for IP. So intellectual property that can be the basis that has a fan following or um, has some sort of um, element to the story that people already understand or are seeking out. So brands are actually IPs. Um, There are brands that have been around for hundreds of years. I mean, look at LVMH and all the champagne houses, Dom Perignon, I mean like Dom Perignon was sent to Napoleon. Um, I think there is a natural, if we can tap into the right story for that particular brand and obviously be on brand for the network or the, or the filmmaker um, or the studio, Um, or whatever uh, kind of zeitgeist moment is going on in culture, um, I think there's a a great symbiotic relationship there.
5: Do you think every brand can play in this space?
3: Not every brand is set up to um, be able to play in the um, creation of story. Uh, People don't get emotional about toilet paper. They do get emotional about luxury, about, food, about drink, about transportation, about healthcare, care, um, about tech. So I think, you know, we have to find the brands that have an emotional truth to tell, um, mm-hmm. plus a, a obviously product benefit.
5: So everybody talks about the Lego movie, but that was made in 2014. It's four years old this year. Um, so what other examples would you point to?
3: Another great example was Transformers. Um, obviously, Transformers, you know, GM didn't think of of the IP, um, but they came along for the ride, and Paramount was very smart. Um, their licensing team was very smart in that um, here's a way that a big story from a big filmmaker could uh, help amplify a brand story. Here, there's a, a massive film that's, I think, now gone into five, five sequels, um, and you've launched a car that was in market at the launch of the film. But how cool would it have been if GM actually thought of that IP and GM went to Paramount and said, here's our story that we want to tell. Paramount probably would have ignited to that idea because, you know, GM's all over the world.
5: So say you don't have a brand that lends itself to great storytelling. What do you do then?
3: I mean, I'll sort of give you an example. When I was part of the producing team of Project Runway, when we first introduced HP, Hewlett Packard, into the world of fashion, the producers at first were like, how is, you know, HP going to be, how will they be relevant in the world of fashion? And it turns out they had a piece of tech that allowed um, designers to create their own textile. And, and if you don't know anything about fashion, like creating your own textile is something only, you know, Diane von Furstenberg gets to do. Because of this tech, uh, an incredible story came about. Um, one designer actually, you know, created a, a, a certain type of logo. Um, Nina Garcia asked that designer um, what he was clearly the winner. Like it was a really awesome, really awesome outfit, really uh, intricate design. And she said, what was your inspiration? What is this, is that a cross? Is this a religious expression? And, and he was like, no, actually, um, and he took a beat and it was a very emotional moment. And he said, I'm, I'm actually HIV positive and I've never told anybody, including my family. And it was the episode we submitted for the Emmy. Um, so that was this, that's where I really sort of saw like, oh, wow, brands can really be intrinsic, um, very important, um, partners in, in Hollywood. Um, and that's kind of where I became very passionate about the partnership.
5: So what are the dangers of getting involved in entertainment?
3: I mean, we can talk about the Pepsi, you know, Jenner commercial and trying to tap into like a zeitgeist moment and it obviously going extremely wrong, which was the worst case scenario that could have happened for a brand. And I think that's because they didn't have an agency involved in that campaign. An agency who is passionate about the brand or passionate about their client. I mean, we have to be, otherwise we wouldn't work in this world. Um, will make sure to protect um, both the business side and the IP side of, of the brand.
5: So Will Swan there on how agencies can help brands navigate sharky waters. Last up, I returned to BBH London to speak to Mel Arrow, who leads on entertainment strategy and Anthony Austin, ECD and head of Black Sheep Studios. The idea of brands making TV or movies is quite a leap. Uh, even today and a lot of brands won't be in that mindset yet so what would you say to them what words of encouragement can you offer
4: yeah I mean I agree that you know entertainment isn't the only answer there are lots of different ways of of doing this but also entertainment is a broad church itself you know there isn't just one type of thing and I think um, that's where it becomes really exciting and and also where you start blurring the lines with what you know traditionally comms has been doing anyway so obviously you can make movies with a brand you can make a TV series, but also it's about building smaller entertainment platforms on in social or, you know, building an audience in YouTube or um, finding other ways that traditionally have been marketing space and actually using them in, a, in an entertaining way.
2: It's quite an obvious thing to say rather than interrupt, go to the place that you're not interrupting, that you're enhancing or you know you're being part of the enjoyment of something. Go where your audience is, that's the rule of branding. I think there's also something, you know, we've seen lots of brands do it really well. So it's not it doesn't feel out of reach for brands to do it well. Red Bull's doing it really well. Amazon was a delivery service, now they're making incredibly amazing original content. It feels like brands can bring something to entertainment and enhance it. The Lego movie is the example that everyone always says and it's only taken us five minutes in this podcast to mention the Lego movie, so that's a record of <laughs> talking about entertainment. Um but it, it's been—it feels like it's—it's it's been proven by brands that brands can do this and bring something new um, to the table when it comes to entertainment.
5: So why hasn't more branded entertainment been more successful?
2: And I think that's why strategy and creativity is important in the world of entertainment, and that's maybe what has been missing uh, when it comes to branded content because it's not just about making stuff that people like; it's also giving brands the confidence to be able to do it, showing through the data that there is an audience for it and showing that this is an attitude that is reflected in your target audience. And strategy can give brands the confidence to do the kind of creative work that they probably haven't done in the past. And I think that's what just going directly to an independent production company or a channel or a media agency, that's what you're losing, the ability to marry strategy and creativity into a really amazing content we have tons of insight into what people are watching what people are talking about online you know we have tons of social listening tools and ways of gauging where there is an audience around different subjects so you'd hope that if you use that in the right way you're already going to a channel with something that is based in data and insight
4: it's really exciting because already that you're starting to see a really positive response from clients who are really excited by the work we're putting in front of them, who are quite used to seeing entertainment ideas. There's you know, what we're hearing from them is that the, you know, they're really excited by the ideas and they really think that um, they feel right for the brand in a way that other stuff maybe didn't before. And then if you talk to the to the channels, they're really excited too because the, the what they're used to is a fairly low quality from um, AFP for Mad Funding Programming um, and, and you know what we're hearing from commissioners and what we're hearing from everyone is that you know if there was no brand attached they'd still want to run it. Now, that might be fluff to get us through the door, who knows, but it's good to hear it's anyway. Fluff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
2: But also I think we are learning from, <laughs> <laughs> we're learning from the way that entertainment businesses set themselves up and I think agencies are going to have to become a lot more agile Um, in order to um, be successful in that space. So a a TV channel, um, or rather a production company who uh, is making content for a a TV channel, if it was a documentary series versus a game show versus reality TV, they would find the right talent and teams and fit them around those projects. And that's not necessarily the way that advertising agencies think. what resources available etc you know try your best to do the best casting possible
4: yeah and it's something it's how black sheep studios is set up so our production function is designed that way so we don't have a roster of directors or producers or any other real production talent within the building it's all about looking outside seeing who the best people are for the job and bringing that to bear on, on the project and and i think that's that thinking we want to apply to a you know, right to the beginning of creative development, particularly in the world of entertainment, but also just in the world of traditional advertising.
5: So that's it for this podcast. Thanks to our contributors, Pella, AG, Will, Mel and Ant. And join us next time when we speak to Chief Strategy Officer, Alison Hode. In the meantime, if you want more from BBH Labs or would like to talk to us about entertainment, you can find us at bbh-labs.com or on Twitter at BBH Labs. Thanks for listening. <laughs>